Hello everyone, this is Paul from the future. Thank you for tuning into another Beyond Pod. Hey, this episode went completely off the rails. It wasn't what we expected it to be at all. And uh, it's really quite sort of angry and bitter. And I feel really awkward and bad about it. But um, if you want a, a more positive spin on events uh, or just bury your head in the sand, just skip this episode. That's what I would do. Don't you think, Sanya? Yeah, fair enough. Just skip this episode. Uh, Sanya from the future as well. Uh, I know exactly what Paul is talking about. And... Uh, yeah, just just skip it. You don't need to listen to that. Yeah. Also, um, just in case any of you are worried, yes, AI has taken over the world. What? Uh, and you you look genuinely worried. Has it? Yeah, AI is now, because we're in the future, it's taken. Because you, you get what I'm doing. I'm doing a thing. I'm doing a whole bit about... Uh, so it hasn't really taken over the world? No, it's a bit about... I, uh, I'm pretending we're like more in the future than we are. Oh, the Terminator's here. Good, she's got it. She got the joke. So there we go. Food, pills, jetpacks, blah, blah, blah. Bye. Bye. We're back again, two weeks in a row. Uh? It's almost as, as if we can be consistent when we want to. Yeah, we're even recording this the same week we recorded last week's episode. With that, with that ahead of the curve. What's happened to us? I know, I know. It's like we've got our mojo back. Yeah. Hey. Um, what happened is September came around. Yes. Yes. Virgo season. We always said we'd be back in September. Those of yes, those we of you did. Who listened. But thank you. I have to say, uh, all of those, all of you who uh, responded on Facebook, and there were a lot of you to the news that that we were back. Um, it warmed my cockles. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop that. We uh, off the back of last week's episode. Yes. Do you remember what that was about? No. The early stages live box set the fish era yes. box set yes we're remaining on a bit of a fish kick this week and next i know what's happened to us well we've gone fishing we've gone fishing well partly it it's it was off the back of that i kind of looked at the timeline of where we are in terms of albums and i realized we'd sort of jumped over one of the biggest moments in Marillion history for better or worse and that was the reunion in Aylesbury uh, in summer 2007. Yeah, how could we have skipped over that? That's so, such a huge, I don't know if it's pivotal, but it's such a huge moment in Marillion history. It is, and yet it's kind of been buried. Has it? It's, it's almost like there's this conspiracy of silence over it. By who? Fish and the band. From uh, both sides? From both sides, yeah. I, I got well. We're going to dig into it. I I I get it from the band side, but even from Fisher's side. Yes, it was his. I was it his idea. Look, don't don't preempt everything I've prepared for this episode. Everything that I've spent days preparing and lost on another laptop and had to re-prepare and write on my phone now, reading from my phone. You can read from the laptop. Doesn't matter. 
You can actually, the, the, you can read it from the iPad if you want. It's not the time, Sanya. This isn't the time. It's too hot in here. <laughs> it's too you're, hot in You're here. making yourself hotter yeah, with am. your rage. <laughs> Red in the face. Yeah. Yeah, so look. And you have a blanket on you. Oh, yeah, I do. Why have I done that? Um, yeah, so it also the reasons why the reunion, such as it was, came about, fed into Fish's subsequent album or album that he was then working on, 13th Star. And I thought, well, we don't always cover Fish's solo stuff on it. We've never covered it in any kind of detail. We've always sort of said we're a Marillion podcast. But I do want to cover 13th Star, partly because it relates in a way to the reunion partly because of where it came in the sort of journey of fish and marillion because it was it it was the one time uh that i had a fish album that i kind of went i think i like this better than the last marillion album the last marillion album being somewhere else somewhere else because somewhere else came out then 13th star then happiness is the road oh uh if you like, 13th Star came out slap bang in the middle of those two Marillion albums. So we had somewhere else, the reunion gig. Yeah. Which was just one song. Yep. But we'll get into The it. reunion song. And then 13th Star. Yeah. And then Happiness is the Road. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that's probably the only time it's happened. So this is just out of sheer curiosity. Do you still hold that opinion even since we've covered somewhere else we'll talk about on the podcast we'll talk about 13th star next week oh okay yes that's me putting my place yes you're jumping around with your questions pre-emptive. they're valid questions they're they are but how do pre-emptive. i know they're preemptive i can't because see this week we're talking two... about the reunion i was just setting the stage so to speak fine because i was there i was there you were actually there where were you standing uh, in the crowd. Wait, wait. <laughs> what do you mean? No, where was back, I standing? Front. Quite close to left, the front. Right. Oh. Relatively okay, close. Okay, talk us through how you experienced that day. No. <laughs> oh no. my god, you're just shutting me down on in every direction. No, these are week. all good questions that are all going to be answered, but we're going to do it chronologically. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about how this reunion came about, and then I'll talk about the reunion. All right. And then. We will talk about whether it was a good idea. <laughs> well, from that laugh, I think we have our answer. No, we don't. I just, I just laugh because I'm happy. You have different kind of laughs, though. Do I go on? Go that on. was tell like me my, tell me my different types of laughs. <laughs> You've got the <sighs> when something makes you laugh, like you find something amusing. Oh, yeah. <sighs> no, <sighs> um, you've got that the one that you did now. Like <laughs> it's like the. I already know the answer to this. Oh, yeah. Um, that's about it. Okay, I've got two laughs. Great. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that one where it kind of goes up a bit. A bit that's, like, that, that kind of like... <laughs> that, that is when you amuse yourself. Like, it's like... Um, the heartiest of all laughs is like when fish, you amuse fish yourself. She's got two, two emotions. Anger. In, fury and in love. <laughs> Heartbroken. I could say fury. <laughs> <laughs> Sheer rage. <laughs> and in love. 
<laughs> as we'll find out when we get into uh, oh dear. we get into the weeds. So I'm just going to read you something mm-hmm. from the Scotsman newspaper from the 1st of August 2006. Feel free to stop me at any point for any of your questions, as long as the questions are pertinent and relate to the article in question, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just setting out the ground rules. Right, here it is. Tanned from the recent heat wave and dressed in casual shorts and a shirt, there's no hint of attitude. Must be in love then. So he's in... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no subject is off limits and all because the 48 year old East Lothian based prog rocker is clearly a contented man lounging on the outside sofas in the bohemian living room of his impressive Haddington home containing record players, state of the art music systems and countless records a relaxed fish laughs at his ever growing DVD collection (laughs) pointing and laughing at it (laughs) I did not see that sentence coming that's not a sentence I expected to hear from this article Um, Meet the Fockers has clearly been recently watched as has Lee Evans and then there's Love Actually it all seems a bit soft for the man who once sang about being an orphan of heartbreak, disillusioned and scarred, a refugee. Now, I love that line. I always have. But seeing it in an article like that, you do kind of go, oh, right. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you? A bit? A little bit. You kind of go, it's a bit over the top, isn't it? Well, that's fish, though. That's what we love about him. We do love that about him. Um I'll start that again. It all seems a bit soft for the man who once sang about being an orphan of heartbreak, disillusioned and scarred, a refugee, and who was left devastated by divorce from his former wife Tamara Nowy, or Noe, five years ago. The answer to his newfound happiness soon joins us in the living room. 29-year-old Heather Findlay, a pretty blonde singer with the band Mostly Autumn. Derek is a gentleman. He's very caring and good-hearted, she enthused is <laughs> infuses he cares a hell of a lot for his daughter and that's very impressive the Derek I know is the kind of man who loves his garden yep we know that we do know oh no that. sorry he has a third emotion gardening <laughs> uh Heather and Fish, real name Derek Dick, met at the Glitzy Classic Rock Society Awards in December and they've been together ever since. I knew he was going to be presenting the awards and I knew of him, admits Heather. I had actually met him in 2001, but he didn't remember me then. I got talking to him afterwards as I was talking to his daughter Tara about the music she likes. Before I knew it, Derek was asking what I was drinking and it just went from there. So Fish was in love. Hence the good mood. Hence the good mood. He was in love with what he believed at the time was his 13th star. Oh. Fish believed he had 13, I think it was female, significant female relationships in his life, like including his mother and so on. And he believed. That's a lot. Unless he's like mother, grandmother, great grandmother, great, great grandmother, great, 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 great grandmother. Cousin, great, 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 great grandmother, etc., 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 and Heather. How Finley. would he have had a relationship with any of those? Through spirit. 
Okay, no, just don't be silly. <laughs> Let's keep this real. Uh, yeah. Um, I've, have I ever played you any Mostly Autumn? I don't know. Uh, yes, I think so. Because I really yes, like... Yes, well, I have heard some. They're sort of prog folk. Yeah, with, I have I've definitely heard some. Prog folk with really big sort of Dave Gilmore-style guitar solos. They're not the ones that... Brothers did an album with, are they? No, I don't think any of them. Or Mer- he played guitar on some. No, no, I don't think any of Meridian have ever collabed with mostly Auto. I may I've be definitely, wrong. I've definitely heard some of their stuff. I really like their first four albums, and then the sort of they've done a lot of albums. They've been around since like ninety mid nineties, I think. The middle chunk of albums were slightly less interesting, but they're the kind of prog that I like. You know, I'm snobby. We all know I'm snobby. You know, I like my prog to be quite melodic and to build rather than just have abrupt changes for the sake of it and lots of sort of showing offy noodling. They're just sort of melodic. But then they became a bit kind of just sort of straight ahead rock mm. uh, and I was less interested. And after I think about four albums of that style, I went right off them. As did Heather Finley because she left eventually. Oh, right. She's not in the band anymore. She went solo and she also formed a group called Odin Butterfly, I think they were called. Well, that sounds quite proggy as well. Yeah, but I think they were more folk. Oh, nice. I'd listen to that. Yeah, well. Just to hear if I liked it. You you would have been excited then to to, to hear the announcement that they were going to be supporting Fish on his 13th Star Tour, wouldn't you? Oh, no. Yeah, well, that that didn't go ahead. Well, the tour went ahead, but without Odin Butterfly, let's just say. So... Here's a statement from Fish from February 2007. Dear Fishhead freaks, fans and the company. This may... Can I stop you just yes, right Yes, is, is it a relevant question? It is. The previous article was written when? August 2006. So a year, about six months before yeah. this... This bit. Uh, email. Correct. Newsletter. All right, Dear proceed. Fish, Fishheads, fra- freaks, fans and the company... This may take some of you... I believe we've actually read this out before when we did our big fish... Did we? Oh, okay. This may take some of you completely by surprise. However, the more romantically inclined who have a sense of the undeniable will probably recognise that what I'm about to announce was written in the stars a long time ago. On February the 14th, Valentine's Day... Oh, no. Under the central arch of the Micklegate Bar in York... What's the matter with you? What? This is romantic... Oh, it's romantic. Oh, oh, okay. I thought this was the sad, a sad one. Shh, spoilers, spoilers. Some people might not know this story. I'm silent. On February the fourteenth, under the central arch of the Micklegate Bar in York, I got down on one knee and proposed marriage to Heather Finley. She accepted, and we are getting married in Haddington in early August this year. Then there's a lot of stuff about the ups and downs of their relationship and how they split up the previous year because she wanted kids and he didn't and uh, changed their mind and had like three hour long phone calls to reconcile blah 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 venues and dates of the wedding are being kept quiet at the moment for obvious reasons but we're well ahead of our preparations my best men are steve vance this sis sorry who um co-wrote most of 13th star and who Fish, about a year later, had a massive falling out with and didn't speak to for years. Crow wrote the music or the lyrics? The music. Fish Thank does you. the lyrics. I can't believe you'd even ask that. Well, you never know. I can't believe you'd even ask that. I had to ask to clarify. Um, 
<coughs> so he was Fish's best man. Again, about a year later, huge fallout. Um, Frank Usher and Yatta. Heathers, Matron of Honor is Angela Gordon and Olivia Sparnan. I think these are all people from mostly autumn. Anne-Marie Helder, my niece Eddie Gibbs and my daughter Tara, bridesmaids on the day. It's all coming together so quickly and smoothly, it's as if it was always meant to happen. I honestly never thought that I would ever get married again and that it would take a very special lady to capture my heart and fulfil that place in my life. But I found one. A very special, beautiful, caring, talented and wonderful 29-year-old. She didn't write that. <laughs> Wait, how old was he at this point? 52? Four, uh, 48, 49. 49, so it's almost half his age. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's old enough to be a dad. Um, no judgment. I couldn't be happier than I am just now. Happy endings do exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this was this was followed up um, on 30th of May 2007 with another fish email. So this is like March, April, about three months later. Yeah. On Saturday, the 26th of May, two days after invitations were sent out and 10 weeks before the event, Heather Finley announced that she no longer wished to marry me. Oh, no. And as such, the wedding is now cancelled. She packed that night, left on Sunday, and her belongings were moved out of the studio less than 48 hours later with no possible chance of reconciliation. I have been concerned in recent weeks as to her commitment, but have put it down to pre-wedding nerves and the surrounding stress of arranging a wedding and living in a studio where an album was underway, with all its attendant intrusion into our domestic situation. She found my hectic lifestyle and work schedule difficult to handle. Uh, I've got lost. And was missing friends and family in York and seemed generally unhappy. A rolling sequence of arguments and confrontations accentuated by prenuptial and other arrangements had made me hesitant about sending out the invites. And we had an open-hearted discussion on her return from a week away with the, from the studio, playing shows and visiting friends. I felt reassured by her answers. The invites were sent, but the arguments continued, reaching a peak on Saturday and culminating in her decision to cancel the wedding. I was shocked and angry. By the way, Fish, don't sue me for reading this out. It's all in the public domain, please. Just don't, or, I mean, you won't be able to sue me, but don't threaten me with it. Just saying. That sounds like a threat, Paul. It's not a threat. I'm just saying don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying don't bother. It'll waste your time and it'll waste my time. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I was shocked and angry at her announcement, and especially with the timing which could not have come at a worse stage with all the principal arrangements and organisation already in place. I feel acutely embarrassed and deeply hurt. But as with my friends and family, I also have a sense of relief as it would have been a more traumatic experience dealing with a divorce and its consequences as the marriage was obviously flawed. I'm trying to be positive and focus my energies into the album on my workload, which now involves deconstructing a wedding for 250 guests and clearing up the financial mess which was I was covering. I know this will come as a shock to most of you after my obvious commitment to the relationship and my willingness to start a new family, but it's now apparent, apparent that the reality of the marriage didn't appeal to Heather. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, on it goes, um, and he signs off with the line, your carnation will rot in a vase. <gasps> um, oh, that's very, that sounds a little bit bitter. Y yeah. I you, ain't heard the, you ain't heard the half of it yet. So in it gets the worse than that. In the Daily Record, the... Uh, Can I just ask, yeah. did Heather ever make a statement? I've got some stuff. Don't you worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got stuff to say. So in the Daily Record, they uh, had a story that started, former Marillion frontman Fish has confessed he's gutted, in quotes. I don't know if that's meant to be a Fish joke. 
Do you think that oh, is? Oh, possibly. Um, after being jilted by his... I mean, not the time, is it? No, that's you just know. kicking someone when they're down. Uh, yeah, after being let off the hook. No, he doesn't say that. Jilted by his wife-to-be, Heather Finley. More than 250 wedding invitations, blah, blah, blah. Last Saturday, following a huge row, Heather, 29, who is singer with the group Mostly Autumn, told Fish the wedding was off. He said, I'm gutted. I'm just angry. I'm not registering any heartache at the moment. I'm just really angry. There won't be a reconciliation. When somebody does that to you, that's somebody that you don't want to be married to. Instead of being morose, I'm trying to be positive, even though he's angry. I've got a new lawn, a new kilt, and my daughter has a new ring as I've given her the engagement ring I've given Heather. Well, that's bad luck, though. Um, and then he goes on. I was harangued for seven hours about my... Bear in mind, this is in a newspaper. I was harangued for seven hours about my will and a prenup I wanted her to sign. I got company assets, personal assets, publishing and record company copyright, or recording copyrights, which is my pension, the house and a 16-year-old daughter. Heather was completely against doing it and I was starting to get worried. She's not a kid, but she dealt with the whole thing in an incredibly immature fashion. So that was the statement Fish gave to a newspaper. Um, what, what, you, got, you got anything to say about that? I just need to process it all. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you think about it? Well, look, I mean, I've got, I've got some other quotes from Fish. And again, Fish, it's all in the public domain. I had to go on the Wayback Machine to find these. You know, because they're, oh, not, yeah. they're not available. Wow, that still exists. Everywhere. It still exists. Um, he's always been very open. Sometimes, perhaps to the, uh, uh, sometimes perhaps to the detriment of how I view him, shall we say? You know, I don't. I mean, I get he was angry and upset, but going to the tabloids to call her immature and the like didn't i don't know does that did he call her immature yeah you say yes he yes i just literally read that out i mean he's not a kid but she dealt with the whole thing in an incredibly immature fashion oh okay i might surprise you i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here yeah i'm not saying he dealt with the matter in the best way possible, but I can fully understand why he said the things he said because he was in the throes of heartbreak. I mean, they were going to get married and that got cancelled. Yeah. How long? Ten days before the no, event? I think it was about ten weeks. Oh, ten weeks. Still, that's just over two months. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm not... His emotions would have been... Yeah. A roller coaster at the time. I agree. I agree with you. And again, giving him the benefit of the doubt, I'm sure he was heartbroken. Well, he was heartbroken. He then yeah. subsequently wrote an album about how heartbroken. Yeah. And angry he was. Yeah. And uh, if the tabloids came to him, like, I think it also, it depends. Did he go to the tabloids or did the tabloids come to him? Now, let's say the tabloids came to him. He. You know, he might have just said things because he wanted to, he was still processing. And sometimes when you're processing emotion, you just need to talk it out. Well, he does because he puts it into his lyric. I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he does. Yeah. He, he said as much. Yeah. You know, so it it's like, process. it's not like, well, I don't know. It, if it might not be that he went to the tabloids and was like, oh, I've got a story for you, spill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They came to him. He was in the middle of processing something and then he just said more than he overshared. 
but he does overshare. That yeah, he does. He overshares, and that's probably why he became mega famous. Yeah, look, I know I'm a bit of an oversharer, but there are also some things I wouldn't share. There are, there are things in my life that I would never share on here or it's, anywhere. Well, it's easy to say that now when you're not in the throes of emotion that that can cloud your better judgment at I mean, times. You know, I'm, when you're in the throes of such strong emotion, I'm not saying I'm better you're not going to be thinking clearly. I'm and not going, saying I'm better than him. That wasn't what I was Oh, no, I didn't take it that way. All I'm saying is it's easy for, <laughs> it's easy for someone who's not in the throes of emotion to say, I'd never do that. No, I know that. I know, Christ, you know, I know as well as anyone that when you're brokenhearted or, or you're hurt or angry or whatever, you do shit that's destructive. You know, that's... The, but this is... All I'm saying is this is not an isolated incident of fish... No. ...lashing out for retribution. Yeah. You know, and it's something I wanted to get into when discussing the lyrics on the album, which again, written in the context of heartbreak. And I will say this as a little preview of next week. It, it It's a fascinating contrast. And I love 13 Star Wars an album. I really do. Um, but it's a fascinating contrast really going through the lyrics and comparing them to, for example, H's lyrics when he talks about breakups and the like. The difference between the two of them is H is it's my fault, Fish is it's your fault. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, that's I, pick, I picked difference. up on that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it it's night and day. Yeah, H is very... The, the word that comes to mind is self-blame, but that's not the word I'm looking for. There's a better word, which I can't think of at the moment. H is very kind of like he's hard on himself. Mm. He wrote a, a lot of it. the time. He wrote a song pretty much all the time. To do it, didn't he? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> How did they not pick up on that? I don't know. I don't know fish, but all all we have to go on is is the perception of what he puts out publicly. Yeah. The perception it seems to be is everything, you know, is out there. Yeah. Um, the reason why we're talking about this isn't to kind of gossip or whatever, but because it leads directly to the Meridian reunion, this heartbreak, and it leads directly to what became 13th Star. And I think it's important to sort of have context. Um, And, you know, it was 16 years ago, so it's, you know, it's a long time ago now. But I find it fascinating. I I genuinely find it fascinating how (sighs) Fish sort of uses those emails, Fish on Friday, now Facebook... Uh, to to sort of just put everything everything out there mm. you know every little shitty thing that happens to him during the week gets like seems to be mentioned on facebook or um right uh oh god i've got to stop being hard on him i really this is the thing this is not the direction i want this episode I, to go in but, yeah but, but i'm gonna but, defend but, i'm but, gonna defend uh, him though because yeah. it's like i i just think he puts it out there because he, it's like I said before, it's his way of processing. Like personally, it doesn't bother me because I get it. Yeah. I get that need to just have to get something out of your system so you're not bottling it up. I get it. Here we go. This is Fish when he was talking about the album, 13th Star. He says, I've been known throughout my career as someone who... It, it's di- directly addressing this oversharing. Right. 
Uh, I've been known throughout my career as someone who's worn a broken heart on my sleeve and that my lyric writing has dominated my inspiration from relationships that have been fracturing or tainted, regretted or splintered or sometimes even celebrated. My openness makes some people feel uncomfortable and it's often been questioned as to why I need to bring my personal life into a public setting. There are many reasons and most of them can probably be answered by professionals. But the bottom line is, I've always found solace and healing putting my feelings into words and getting a better understanding of myself in the process. The catharsis of those emotions is fundamental to my life and my music. I could indulge you in a long explanation, but I'll reserve that for an autobiography as it's way too complicated to expose my core here in what are essentially sleeve notes for an album. This was him talking about the album 13 star in the new deluxe edition. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, so that's a recent quote. That's a relatively recent quote. Oh, yeah. wow. But we do know that he he has said in recent times that he thinks he might be neurodiverse or on that spectrum. Mm. Um, I mean, who isn't? Come and join the club. <laughs> you know, but there is a spectrum and it is a sliding scale and it is, you know, as varied and, you know, as, as humanity is. Um you know, it, it, it manifests in lots of different ways. Now, look, I'm being, all I'm doing really is playing devil's advocate because, you, you know, part of what I, I grew up loving about Fish was his blunt honesty. It's probably a bit like why I'm like I am. You know, that, that honesty, being honest in life, mm. it isn't, my issue isn't his choice to be that honest. Mm. It's It's more what he's revealing. And it's a pattern over time that, it, it, you know, exactly what I've said. It's the difference between him and H. It, you know, H is, it's my fault. Fish is, it's your fault mm. or their fault. Um, and I, I don't want to get into this again because it's really not what I wanted this episode to be about at all. It wanted it to be about that reunion in Aylesbury. Um, you know, and we've, we've done a lot of episodes on this topic. Well, we don't we have to series. stay on it. We can move move on yeah well yeah but i do just want to say that it did as i as you know if, if you listen to our overview of fish's solo career episodes we did a whole run of, i think four episodes i did eventually because of that kind of fall out of love with him and it was partly because of i didn't always love the music he was putting out but also i didn't over time, I kind of went, well, this isn't a phase. This isn't a phase in which he's angry. This isn't a phase in which he's bitter or a phase in which he's attacking or a phase in which he's at, you know, pissed off with someone. That's just fish, you know, but that's also what I originally fell in love with because that anger and that, that attack and that rage that was in those Marillion songs, you know, was one of the things that, that appealed to me about the band in the first place. So, you know, yeah, you you know, you can't have your cake and eat it. You know? Um but I did. I did over time gradually and as a as we've said before, you know, the irony, as I'm sat here quoting fish words directly, the final straw for me was when he threatened that poor guy who did the um the book. Yeah. You know, some um, of you may yeah. remember there was Fish issued a very stern cease and desist. Um to a company and a writer who were putting out a book on Fish's solo albums. Yeah, I mean, I felt that was unfair as well um, and kind of overstepped a line. Yeah. But, you know, it's none of my business, I suppose. It's none of our, it's um, none of our business, except we are... It does, it did, yeah, it affected how I felt about him. It really, that was absolutely the final straw. And that's why, because unfortunately... Well, why that I, wasn't, oh, that was 10 years ago. That was like, oh, it's happening now. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. That's unfortunately what I'm talking about when I sort of say this isn't like a phase or because he was going through something. It, it seemed to be that's just how he reacts to situations that don't go the way he wants them to go. Mm. Uh, and and that sucks because I grew up idolising him. Yeah, and I, you know, I really admired him in the start. You know, I love that early Marillion music mm. and the lyrics, like the crazy convoluted over-the-top lyrics. I love them. Mm. I still um, love them, yeah. I want to like him. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and just sort of go, he's going through a difficult time or he was going through a difficult time. It's not a reflection of who he is as a person. Mm. And that may well be the case. We don't know because we're not with him every day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, when it it was the the Uh, book did kind of affect how I felt about him quite a lot. Because then, because what that which ha- may what, may not be fair, because we might not know his side of the story, but like it was like the guy writing the book is just trying to do something nice. I disagree. We you absolutely know, he loves your work, no. and he's trying to he's trying to like put a spotlight on you and go like how much he admires you and what you've done, and you just like basically punch him in the face. But I don't agree that we don't know Fish's side of the story. That's exactly it. We get Fish's side of the story. You know, Fish has the loudest voice in any room. And, you know, I'm talking room in both a metaphorical sense, you know, because he has that attack, because he has that, he's like that, you know. So Heather Finley, I managed to find sort of basically one article in which she mentions it um, and barely mentions it. Uh, but Fish, there was just like this splurge of like, ah, 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 and I couldn't find it, but I remember reading years ago, he certainly alluded to some things about Heather Finley that I just thought, mate, not, no, don't put that out there. And that was sometime after all of this. Uh, And this is the thing, we do know Fish's side. What we don't get is Heather Finley's side or Tamara's side or any of, or necessarily. Well, they don't have a platform and a microphone (laughs) as loud as his. Yeah, and for years we didn't even get Marillion's side. You know, they never kind of commented on that breakup as much as Fish did. Did they not? I don't remember it, no. Um, yeah, yeah, we know the story now. We know they all blame John Arneson and, you know, that's the official story. But, again, and we said this when we did our Fish episode, what you see when you look through Fish's life, and again, Steve Francis, his best man and collaborator on 13th Star, only a year later he fell out with him. What you see is a series of sort of a pattern of... of fish feeling he's been wronged by people and falling out with them <laughs> and after a time i just kind of go fuck this you know mate and you're what you're <laughs> saying is you see a common denominator through yeah all of whether, these things. whether it's a romantic relationship <laughs> business band whatever you just kind of go well that's the pattern yeah because you, you kind of go oh how come mark kelly steve rothery Pete Travis, none of them have a pattern of no, falling they've out. They've stayed with, together. With, they've stayed yeah. together. None of them have a pattern of falling out with their colleagues or who they're working with. Yeah. Um. Or, yeah. you know, possibly even personal relationships. I don't know. Well, Mark's had at a least, few. Mark, yeah, but like they, they're Mark's, not like Mark's been yeah, the block but on they're that. not like you know, it's not as public. Do you no. know what I mean? No, they're not publicly yeah. dissing no. whoever it is that they've had a falling out with. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it wasn't really until Mark Kelly's autobiography that we he wasn't. Kind of, he wasn't really then, nasty. He wasn't. He wasn't. I agree, but anyway, that's so. I, I guess as I'm reading this stuff out. There's this part of me that goes, should I be being a little bit more sensitive? Or rather, there's a part of me going, you're not being very sensitive as you're reading this out, Paul. But there's another part of me that does just go, ah, fuck it. You know? (laughs) Great. Well, yeah, because I kind of go, this is just the pattern. Right. And you just kind of go, you know what? I don't have a great deal of sympathy. Sorry, because I see, because of the pattern. Right. You know, I get that he felt heartbroken. I get that. But also... This is also, I can't say I'm talking about this. I did not expect this to go off in this direction, by the way. Uh, you know, while I'm talking about all this, having delved into the lyrics on 13th Star, and <laughs> I'll tell you for now what one of the songs is about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Open Water. Right. It, it talks about fairies f- fall to the ground or fly or something like that. Because mm. basically after they split up, he smashed off Heather Finley's fairy statues. <gasps> Oh, God. And he's happy to talk about that and put it into oh, a song. Okay, I didn't interpret <laughs> the lyrics that way. They're not metaphorical. He smashed all her fairy statues oh, no. that she collected and Don't liked. Don't do that. I love fairy statues too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm sorry. Why, I can't. Why would you put that into a song? I know. I, I know. Like, you're proud. That's horrible. Yeah. Why, at least of all, why would you admit that that's what the song is about? <sighs> My God. So you see, I'm struggling here, reading out Fish's side of the stuff, kind of going, oh, poor him. I'm struggling because there is two sides to every story. Yeah. Oh, look, it just all goes on and on. And there's more posts from him moaning about Heather Finley and... You know. I wonder how he would have reacted if she'd done any posts moaning about him. Yeah, well, he mo- he moaned about her uh, interview in, I don't know if it was the Daily Record or, or the Scotsman or whatever, because uh, she was promoting her tour, I think. Um, and let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, okay, so this is the Daily Record, Ju- June the 29th, 2007. Rockstar Fish was so wrapped up in work that he had no time for romance, his ex-fiancée has claimed. Heather Finley says their relationship withered and died because the former Marillion singer spent all his time working on his new album. The couple split up last month, two days after sending out 250 invitations, blah, blah. We know all that now. Um, I think that was a workload that he had at the time. As a musician, I understood that and said that on more than one occasion that the album comes first. This is Heather Finley, by the way. But sometimes it was all consuming to him and I didn't realise the scale of how that would come about until I was involved in it. We all have our needs emotionally and I was away from friends and family. I just felt that I could have been nurtured romantically within the relationship a lot more. But at the same time, I was thinking it won't be like this for long. But August the 4th, was that was the wedding date, was looming and coming on fast and I felt we really had to be sure about this. We had one day out of the whole year that we could sit down and talk about it there was a lot of pressure and it's so sad and a big mess for us both to clear up. So. Well, she, her statement was a lot more gentle than his. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Unless there's more to it. If that's all she said, that's really not saying a lot. Yeah. Now. It certainly doesn't sound judgmental or blaming. She's just sort of saying this is how it was and it didn't work for her. Do you want, do you want some more fish 
fish oh. stuff from his emails. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> so here in the middle of Fish's, uh, I think he was writing a book at the time, and randomly in the middle of emails or blog posts, whatever you want to call them, about other things, he just started putting snippets of what I assume was the book that were completely unrelated to the rest of what was being said. What, without saying, here's a snippet from the yeah, book? Yeah, but he just put it in italics. Oh. Um, so here's a bit that was in one of his posts. This was actually about the Aylesbury reunion. It's all in quotes, like a... Uh, um, anyway. I knew he knew you well. I had to ask him. I had to know. How did you find out about the Far East trip? I heard it on the radio. Is she going alone? Please don't ask this. You know I have to. No. Is it a guy? Yes. How long? He stumbled and was embarrassed. Over four weeks. I'm not sure. Okay, I'm lost. What is all that about? <laughs> um, it goes on. I knew he had covered for you and then it all fell into place. Everything. It all made sense. The silence, a commitment to a two-month road trip after four weeks. I don't know what's going on. I didn't need to do the math. The week you went home and came back with your darkness to drive us into the wall in the following five days, pushing me to the edge, and when I wouldn't break, you called it yourself and then tried to blame me? Was that why when the calls on the Sunday were so full of relief? Why were there no tears? Why you smiled as you left on Monday? It didn't matter anymore. I didn't need any questions answered. At that moment, at that very moment, you died. The chains around my heart fell away. I let go and I took off. No tears, no anger, no jealousy, nothing. I knew exactly who and what you were now, and you were never mine. I took out the letter from the envelope and tore it up. You can have the album. Learn to live with it as I certainly will. It's not about you anymore. It's about the 13th star. Oh, so this came out after the album was released. Yeah, something like that. He found out that... We're not really here to sort of discuss the ins and outs. Of the no, but it, I kind of... Okay, it's making more sense now why, so here's why a, everything happened the way it happened. Here's a snippet from a fish email from the 6th of October 2007. News of a tsunami hitting Sumatra reminded me that my recent ex was in the region with her boyfriend for the next couple of months. A cold blade. I turned away from the temptation to induce bad karma. I didn't want to risk that tonight. I had the best album of my career on my hands and a wonderful new band on the edge of greatness. I'd rather be here now than on a beach in Bali. Okay. Um. Awkward. <laughs> do you see why it's like... I, 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 it's like, it's <laughs> like... Do you know what it feels like? Sitting in the room with two people who are having an argument with each uh -huh. other... And you're kind of like, very you're one, neutral. Very one-sided argument. You're neutral and it just feels really awkward it's because awkward. you don't, you just don't know what to say and you don't really want to be there. But you, if you leave, it kind of makes it even more awkward and obvious. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like a bit, doesn't it? It's just, it is awkward. It's, it is, it's awkward and it's unfortunate. And you kind of, because it's like, look, I don't, you kind of just go, oh, I just move on. I know it's not that easy. I know people get hurt, people get angry, but it just seemed to get very ugly in public. Right. You know, that, yeah. that Where post was from October. The breakup, what was it, February or something? No, February, no, May. May. Okay. All right. Six it's months still, later. Yeah. That, it, emotions still have still raw. been raw. And he, I guess he didn't have a PR person or someone editing what he was putting out. 
No. You know, he didn't have someone <laughs> that was the least. looking out for his emails and just sort of going, you write it, but then maybe we won't put it out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I mean, sure I... I'm sure there are other rock stars out there who've written things that they might regret, but then someone helped them by sort of going, let's not put that out Being there. Being a buffer. Between... Being a buffer. He needs a buffer. Yeah. I, yes, because he, he's not great at being his own buffer. No. Yeah. He's the opposite. I often um, share things on Patreon because I, it helps me to write about them. Yeah. But there are also things that I sometimes write going, I'll kind of, I won't write this on Patreon. I'll write it in Word. Yeah. And then sometimes I've, the, the the act of writing it is enough. Yeah. You know, and I've gone, I'm not sharing that. That's too either too personal or it just worked for me. Yeah. It I mean same. I need and I and then yeah. I can delete it and I even forget about it. I don't save it. I just yeah. delete it. I need to write things out to process a lot of times mm. just to get clear on my thoughts or just to get my emotions clear, especially when they're a mess. But I don't ever feel the need to share them. But then that's just personal. It kind of, once I've written it and once I've reached that point of clarity, I just want to move on from it, I suppose. Mm. Unless it's a really good insight that I feel will benefit other people. Yeah, that's when I share. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, okay, if it's just to clarify my emotions, I mean, that can help. It does help me read other people's processing their emotions. Um, But usually it's such a mess when I do it. It's like there's nothing worth sharing until right at the end. Right. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose I'll, I'll do it if I think, okay, this there may be something universal in what I've written. Yeah, that other people might be able to benefit from. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose that's another thing that I think I find with Fish's lyrics, and increasingly as the years went on, is that they seemed less universal and more specific. Whereas even something like Kaylee, yes, it mentioned an ex-girlfriend of his by name, but the song itself was actually sort of based around a bunch of ex-girlfriends. So it became sort of just a general love song. Right. Whereas with, yes, and I know a lot of Misplaced Childhood was really specific, things like Milo and et cetera, et cetera. But as time went on, and certainly something like 13th Star, is so specific to his relationship with Heather Findlay and the lyrics so, you know, talking about the the fairies being smashed and all that sort of stuff. I struggle to sort of connect emotionally. I can feel his emotion on 13th Star, certainly. Mm. His anger and his hurt comes across at points, you know, to the point that he breaks down on one of the songs. Um, But with H, I've often found them so much more relatable lyrically Mm. Uh, but I think as well just Fish as a person or at least as the person he presents as to the world over the years I've just found myself more and more distanced from who he is or how he seems to be and and I think that's why when I talk about him now or when I you know read these quotes out or whatever I get I it, I get angry because I feel I suppose on some level who am I angry at I don't know and I'm trying to think why I get angry who am I angry at and what am I angry about I don't know you know I need to 
let's have a look at that. But I do get pissed off because he was my he was my idol. You know, he was the only sort of person in my life, you know, in the public eye that I ever sort of idolised. You know, I loved Luke Skywalker, um, but Fish, you know, wasn't a character, you know, supposedly. Um, he was a real person. And I suppose... I guess there's a degree of losing that, but I don't, it's not grief. It's not a grief of losing who I thought he was. Uh, Is it? There's a disappointment. Oh, yeah, I was just about to ask if it, if it was there's disappointment. disappointment. There's certain disappointment there, but I do get really fired up whenever I talk about him. That's about me. Yeah, that's not about fish. That's something from me. Mm. You know, but I don't know what it is that, that makes me like that. You know, I do get angry. I do get pissed off. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a frustration, certainly. Because I don't want him to, to be like that. I don't want him to slag people off all the time. I don't want him to moan about people. I just want to... I just want to appreciate him as an artist. Um, yeah, which but is, he doesn't make that easy if he's not showing you his best self no it doesn't because how do you appreciate him as an artist when in his art he's not showing you his best self but also by the same token h and i'm not saying oh the songs have to be like fake and all about like oh i'm such an angel or whatever and how good i am because h doesn't do that this is what but was... he is showing his best self because he's taking responsibility yes this is what i was literally about a to lot say, of the time is that h you know, is happy to present himself as a flawed human being who hasn't always made the best choices. Yeah. But yeah, there is a sense of personal responsibility there. Yeah. Which makes him... Well, he admits he's flawed. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't need my heroes to be perfect. I don't need my heroes... I don't put them on a pedestal. You know, I can admire what they do. Uh, Yeah, this becomes then a tangential debate to you know do you separate the art from the artist you know that's a whole nother thing one of my favorite artists literally an artist the comic book artist is is properly properly sort of you know far right fringe conspiracy theorist supporter um and i struggle with that at first and i think i unfollowed him on what used to be twitter when when i when he first started posting all this stuff and then at some point I went back and followed him because I liked the pictures, <laughs> his artwork that he'd put up. Um, and I can kind of just about with him separate the art from the artist because his art is sort of, it's comic art. So it's not, you know, and some of it's very surreal and so on. But with Fish, the art is so entwined with who he is mm. because he's writing specifically about how he feels yeah, yeah, um, I get what you mean. Do you see what I mean? Yes. I've, I struggle with his solo stuff. Yeah. It, it, in fact, Welchmertz is an album that I, re- I, again, really love Welchmertz as an album. And also on there, he doesn't, there's there's a lot more storytelling. Yes, he's writing at points from uh, personal experience. You know, he's talking about being in hospital and worrying about dying, but then he also writes things like um, 
uh, what's the, the Damascus Rose? What's the, the song that's got Damascus in the title? Oh, is it Rose Flower of Damascus? Of Damascus? Something like that. Anyway, that song, you know, which is a story that, that's entirely fictional and, you know, yeah, or sometimes I like, you know, there to be something of the artist in the lyrics. But, um, but oddly, they don't put a wall between me and him. Yeah, with 13th Star, and I know we're not talking about the album this week. We're not even talking about the reunion, which was the intent of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we you know, got sidetracked. Did we ever? Um, yeah, with 13th Star, I sometimes, particularly having delved into the lyrics for the podcast, uh, I, I am almost put off by the level of anger and bitterness in there because it's not hidden really behind a lot of metaphor. Wow. It's it's so openly oh, no. it's so openly about Heather Findlay. Oh no. And his breakup. You're just with like her. okay, I don't I'm you've put me in a really difficult position now Have because I? I've listened to the album a few times without reading the lyrics. Yeah. So I don't know what the lyrics are, apart from a few lines that kind of stand out yeah. here and there in certain songs. And I have to say, I really like the album, the music, for the most part. I don't love yeah. every song. No. There are a couple of songs that I it's don't like. It's a good like, album. It's a good but album. But overall, it's so different. I love the music. It's really, it's kind of refreshing, I suppose. I wasn't expecting to like it. I was expecting to dislike it. Which is why I wanted to do it, because I know... You're not the biggest fan of Fish Solo. No, and this was the album I was. Exp- I, I was like when you said I want. Oh, uh, I think we should do this for the next podcast. Um, you know, I want you to listen to Thirteenth Star. My heart sank. It was like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? I I even came in the other day and you had your headphones on. You were you were grooving. You were bopping <laughs> away, and I and I thought she's listening to Thirteenth Star because it's got a groove to it. Yeah, as an album. it does. It's got so 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 many like cool little musical. Elements and it's a great remix. The new that, version uh, is amazing. Sounds yeah, I mean, so I've only good. listened to that. I, I yeah, couldn't find the original. I mean, it always sounded good, but it it sounds particularly yeah. good now. Um, so now you saying that that the lyrics have you found them to be a stumbling block to your enjoyment well, look, of the album. It's like, oh no! But only since but I fine, found, you know, yeah. like to the point, to the point where it had started to turn how I felt about fish around again. Well, let me tell you something. Because after Ow. everything last year and everything with the the guy who wrote the book and his response and reaction to the, the guy who was admiring him and doing a book out of love, um, I'd really gone off him. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. Well, but I, I don't think that's any worse than anything I've I mean, said. I don't think I've hidden it very well anyway. No, um, and And sort of listening to this album, I was like, oh, actually, you know, he's just a person. He's moved on. He's, you know, maybe he's a different person. Maybe he's not that bad. And now you're telling me the lyrics are really... <laughs> Well, look, here's, here's, here's something else I'll tell you. The thing is, I, I only felt, started to feel that sort of anger when, when I read what the lyrics were specifically about and the stories behind them. Right. Yeah, but here's another example. Right, 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 right. I'm doing it. <laughs> Big fish. Paul. <laughs> okay. No. Well, it's what he does. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the cover of, of, uh, 
the single arc of the curve. Right. 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 Jesus, stop it. I'll turn into him. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I can't do it now. I can't do it without one. Go, eh? I'm not sure that that is a good idea to do. I think the is maybe not the best thing to include in our podcast. Why? He does it in his Fish on Fridays. Yeah, because he'll, that's the kind of thing he might get offended over. Not all the other stuff we've said. Yeah, the cover to the single has a photograph of fish holding a burning bunch of roses. Literally burning. They're right. not, it's not photoshopped. He said, despite the rumours, it wasn't... What rumours? It was photoshopped. I don't think anyone was really spreading rumours that's photoshopped. Yeah, anyway, yeah. The flowers were the ones he gave her on the day that he proposed. And he put on the cover him holding the flowers out with a furious look on his face. And he got, during the photo session, he got out a, a tin of lighter fluid, poured it all over the flowers and set fire to them. Is that, you know, is that not a bit That's... bit much? I'm, so it's all stuff like that. It just piles up. I can't help it. I don't want to feel this way. But because he puts it all out there, if I didn't know, it wouldn't matter. But I do know because I'm doing a podcast, I'm researching this stuff. You know, some of it I haven't even had to research, such as when he threatened that guy who, who mm. had written a lovely book. Anyway, I didn't want this episode to be this because every time I bloody mention fish, it seems that I do go off on one and I've done it again. <laughs> Oh, no. I well, we haven't even got... This was just going to be about the this reunion. This was going to be a lovely, light-hearted episode about the reunion. Which I will what end... What happened to it? I will end on a positive note. The reunion was freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I loved it. At the same time, I totally get why Meridian regretted it every second of it afterwards. Because it was on the bloody news. <laughs> uh, it went... Ballistic. It was everywhere. Uh, and poor H. Poor H. Yeah. Oh, I really feel for H. And often in these reports, H wasn't even mentioned. It no. Was like, it was like they'd split up and got back together. No. And all those efforts that they'd gone to over the years to sort of distance themselves from fish, it put them right back to square one. So that's what we're, we'll talk about next week, I guess, given that this week, uh, it was a case of sort of light the blue touch paper and watch Paul go. <laughs> it was not what I intended at all for this week. But I just couldn't keep my emotions out of it. Just call me the crab stick. <laughs> mackle, mackle. <laughs> and that. Oh, I'll never forget oh, it. Oh, God. Hey, uh... You're going to kill me, but I watched a little bit of the latest Meridian Monthly the other day. What? Why? Why would you do that? Because I, I noticed the title of it that said new album news. Why did you not? And you didn't wait for me or even tell me. I didn't watch all of it. I just That it was out so I could watch it in my own time. I'm, I have been telling you. I've been appalled. telling you, do you want to watch Meridian Monthly? I'm I have been telling you. I've been telling you and you've not been wanting to do it. That's not true. I that is true. When did you tell me? I told you there's a new Meridian Monthly to watch. When did that. you When did you tell me? You I whispered it week. under your breath. This has been out for three weeks. What? Yeah. How did we miss it? We didn't miss it. I told you it was there. Why didn't we watch it then? I don't know. I would have happily watched that instead of 
for replace that with one of the hour long YouTube videos of a guy walking across Wales, just walking through farmland. As much as I love watching that, in a straight line. In a straight line, but you know, <laughs> in you know, one of the ten of those videos, I would have happily replaced with the okay. Marillion Monthly. Well, we'll watch it later. I, I basically, I um, I just. What's the new album news? Uh, apparently, I don't know if you know this. Well, I don't because I've been no, in wait, a bubble. Wait, brace yourself because I watched. I fast forwarded to the new album news. Um, apparently, Marillion write their songs by jamming. Oh, you're just trolling me. I'm not. That's the news. That was that was. They just recapped yet again how they write. What's the matter? You look. I'm, so... No, I'm trying to. What? How's that new album news? Well, precisely. This is my point. <laughs> it's like oh. Great. Oh, no, it is. It means that they're jamming in no, order to not. make a new album. they're not yet. Next year is jamming year. This year they're all doing their their jaunts around Poland and Scandinavia and whatnot. Oh, I wish I went uh, to Scandinavia. I did, I did have a look at Lucy's Friday questions from a few weeks ago where she answered a question about um, someone asking, oh, you know, with, with all these solo projects and tours that they're doing, you know, will the band... You know, will you, the band find it difficult or will you find it difficult to herd the band into the studio? And she said, 2024, it's non-negotiable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, good, go for it, Lucy, Fair crack enough. the whip. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So, oh God, anyway, so there isn't really any new album news other than, oh. it was the same things we've already heard H saying every time he, he goes back to the well, there's less there and he wants to not write lyrics unless he's got something new to say and the rest of them. And Mark said he's already sort of prepared getting some new sounds together so that when they go oh, into cool. the studio, that was the only real bit of information that he's started to do that. Oh, so, that so Mark's got the creative juices flowing. Maybe. He's inspired. He's not doing any kind of tour, is he? Could have gone out with Marathon. I'd have gone to see that. Yeah, I would have gone to see that. I'd have totally gone to see Marathon. Have they toured? No. They've never toured? No, well, because the album kind of came out in the pandemic, didn't it? So They need to tour that album. I would go and see it. Yeah, that yeah. was a great album. Chuck in some covers. Yeah, and I don't even care songs. that the album came out three years ago. Yeah, I would. I, would, I love. Yeah, love let's the do it. Album. Let's do it as if it's let's us do organizing it. it. Let's just do it. Let's go out as a marathon covers band. Still marathon. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, we well, imagine like only half of them toured and then they called it ten k race. I was going to say park run. <laughs> <laughs> We're park run. Premier <laughs> marathon tribute band. Yeah, that's great. Oh dear! All right, I guess we're gonna to have to leave it there. I oh, don't, that I, was not a positive episode, and I don't feel comfortable with it. Last Neither week's episode I. was so upbeat. It was the last week's episode was like such a perfect comeback, and it was like, yes, this is what Biampod is all about, best of Biampod. And then this week we come in, and it's like moan, 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 moan. <laughs> but it didn't start off that way. No, it started, That's not. It started, a... started off with all those fun, funny news stories and emails from Fish, didn't it? About about. <laughs> Started off with those, didn't it? All those funny, funny stories about his breakup. <laughs> those uplifting stories. Oh, oh dear. Man. I guess it's just like a pin in the journey. It's a pin in the map that is leading us to next week's episode. Yes, which will be the reunion, which was actually a big event for Marillion. And the week after, we'll be covering the album, which you've already said you like. I know, but you've not got. Into but the now it's like. 
now I, I'm I'm feeling a little bit. What's the word? Apprehensive. Yes. Apprehensive because I started looking at the lyrics properly. Well, I looked at them last night, but it was late, so I just kind of glanced at them, and none none of them really made sense to me. And I only really looked at Circle Line today, which didn't seem. Like... It's not about the relationship. Oh, okay. I was going to say I couldn't really. Yeah. You know. I mean, I. Oh, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. Okay. I know. Yeah. But it's okay. not. But it is. It's. Uh, I mean, out- I found it interest. I found the lyrics interesting, but I didn't find them nasty or anything. No, no. Circle Line isn't a nasty lyric. So. Um, um, there's certainly some nasty lyrics on there, though. Oh, no. There's some really bitter Oh, no, lyrics. I'm really dreading it now. But there's also some really lovely, heartfelt, heart, uh, lovesick um, lyrics on there. Right. It really sort of bounces around the sort of various stages of a breakup and the group. And a lot of the music is absolutely fantastic. Genuinely. Like, musically, yeah. if you just want to listen to the music and not worry about what it's about, yeah. it's a great album to listen oh, to. Oh, and I recommend the new version, the new deluxe version. Yeah, sounds same. Great. It sounds Yeah, amazing. really lush. And you get all the sleeve notes and everything, which Fish writes an essay for. Well, oh, I didn't. Essay. He writes Wait, a mini book. And, where are novella. they? I haven't seen those. No. You're hiding them. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Where anyway. am I going to read them? Probably not. So, right. Let's be honest. All right. Look, that's it for this week. For God's sakes. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with us. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm off now to smash some fairies. No. See you next week. Bye. Bye.